Welcome to DustinsTravels.com, your home to fun, exciting travel adventures. And now your host, Dustin Saidi. Hi everyone, this is Dustin. Hi guys, this is Karina. And today we're going to talk about a three-day trip to Cape Town, South Africa. Now, hopefully you're not going to South Africa just for three days in Cape Town. You want to combine it with something else, but... If you're going to South Africa, you got to spend at least three days in Cape Town. Um, so we're going to go over that today, kind of some of the logistics with Cape Town and um, where to go around that area. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's do it. So Cape Town. So let me start with this, actually. I, when I was doing my research to go to South Africa, I was like, oh, should I go to Cape Town or Johannesburg? And yeah, because a lot of people hear about Johannesburg. And I was actually like surprised that we weren't going there, but... After doing our research, Cape Town seemed like the better place to to go visit and really see in detail. Yeah, and when I was researching, I also was shocked because um, Johannesburg, there's, I mean, not to hate on Johannesburg, but it didn't seem like there was really that much to do there. Nothing super unique, super interesting. Um, even on our flight and when we talked to some people, we found out that Johannesburg actually is also very spread out. It's kind of hard to get around. And also there's a lot of incidents there. It can be quite unsafe um, in terms of the robberies that happen and whatnot. So we decided, you know, even in the beginning to not go to Johannesburg, we were going to do Cape Town. And then also we did, um, went outside Kruger National Park uh, for a safari, which we'll get into a later podcast. But um, so that, that was, that was something to consider. So if you're going to South Africa, consider, and you've got like about a week, consider just doing Cape Town, probably can skip Johannesburg. Um, so in Cape Town, Cape Town is a coastal city on the southwest side of South Africa, and it is a very, very pretty city. Um, there are lots of high mountains. There, it's right on the coastline, so you get a lot of water, sites of water. Um, one of the downsides is it can be very, very windy. So when you're planning a trip to Cape Town, um, just know that things that you plan might get canceled or delayed. So you want to keep some sort of flexibility when you're going to Cape Town. Um, so what I'll do is I'll get into some of the activities that you can do there and kind of break it down into really three days. You need a minimum of three days. I wouldn't do two days for sure. You need a minimum of three days. And and when I say, and I say three days, not just in Cape Town, but the surrounding areas. If you can, I would even try to do four days because there's some other things, cool things that you could do. So day one, you can drive. So there's two sort of peninsulas there. There's the Cape of Good Hope Peninsula. And I'm talking about the other peninsula, which is actually if you take it down there, it will lead you all the way to the southern tip of Africa. Um, so go down that way for one day. And on the way down, there's a few great stops. One is the penguin colony. Now, a lot there's of people... There's multiple ones, right? Right. There's multiple ones. This one's called... Betty's Bay. Betty's Bay. Uh, penguin colony Betty. which is not the most popular one to go to but it's more intimate and you definitely get a good sighting of the penguins yeah and it's less crowded so, so the main one is simonstown penguin colony which is actually yeah. on the cape uh good hope peninsula on the far west this one is a little bit more east on the other i don't want to call it peninsula but the other uh part of part of south africa um, so yeah, that's a great way to great place, first place to stop on your drive down that coastline, and you see just thousands of penguins there yeah. by the sea. Really, really yeah. pretty, and they're right next to the boardwalk as well, where you can right, walk along. Right, right, right. 
One thing to note, though, is that you definitely don't want to aggravate the penguin. So try to maintain your distance, of course. Be logical, be reasonable. Take your pictures and your videos, but don't come too close in contact with the penguins and definitely don't feed them because you will be messing with their normal process that they have to go through as wild animals. Yeah, and what was really cool is we learned that these penguins, they actually feed a lot and then they lose a bunch of weight. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, that that's a process that they go through every year. And I think it's called uh, malting. It's called malting, the process that they go through when they they lose all their feathers and they have to survive on their body fat. So that's what we observed when we were there. And it's very interesting to see them, you know, they're all huddled up together um, and they cannot go in the water because if they go into the water, they will drown because they don't have their, their feathers, which gives them buoyancy to float. Yeah. Um, and they're also very irritable. And so that's why that's another reason why to maintain your, your distance. And that's fascinating to me that the penguins could actually drown. Um, but what was even more fascinating, too, is it seems like all animals go through this purge, like snakes yeah. lose their skin. Uh, penguins lose their feathers so many different animals go through this purge which i think is is this like rebirth this refreshing this re-cleansing of the body and the soul uh, which is really really interesting right and it's a painful process too and i think as humans we want to avoid pain as much as possible but it's actually part of life right it's part of our circle of life kind of like the theme that we've kind of had here in south africa observing animals so closely and it's sad to also realize that these are endangered species and mostly due to human activity. So, you know, there's this component, this spiritual element to observing nature at such a close um, space. Yeah. Um, so after the penguins, just a little bit further south there, you can go um, whale watching in the Hermanus area. Um, if you're going to book that, you have to book it ahead of time and just know that it's very weather dependent. So you might book it six months in advance, but the day before they say, oh, it's going to be delayed or whatever. Uh, so that's why, again, you want to keep a flexible schedule when you when traveling here. But uh, we didn't actually do um, the a whale tour, watching. Yeah. We were sort of at the end of whale season here at the end of November. You want to go before that. Um, but you can book a tour there, and I've heard the whale watching is absolutely phenomenal. Sometimes also in the Hermanus Bay itself, the whales do come into that bay. And we did go there for about 20 to 30 minutes to try to see if we could see any. We didn't, right. um, but that is an option as well. Yeah, and it's, it, it's even nice just to stop and take a look at these coastal little towns and just the view of the water and the mountains in the background. It's just beautiful by itself. Yeah, and I got some great drone shots for our YouTube page on that one as well. Um, just 20 minutes south of Romanus is the Gansby, Gansby, Swimming with the Sharks experience, which is really awesome. We actually did a whole different podcast on that specific experience that will be coming up. Um, that is really, really cool to do. Definitely to try to do that. It'll be a few hours, um, but definitely try to do that if you're going down that way. Yeah, highly recommended, even as scary as it sounds. And we... Before we booked it, we saw The Meg, which is a scary movie about sharks. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm definitely not going to go see sharks. But it was a life-changing experience um, exposing yourself to, to such predators. But actually, really, we're the ones who are driving them to extinction. And then your last stop on the day, which is something very unique, is to go all the way to the southern tip of Africa. What's the area called? That's called Cape Agulhas. And that comes from a Portuguese word that means needle. How do you spell that? A-G-U-L-H-A-S. So and Cape 
agulhas. And describe the whole meaning of the Portuguese word behind that. So the back in the late 1400s, actually, the Portuguese sailed around Africa because they were trying to get all the way to India. And so they stopped along the coast of Africa and started, you know, some, some colonies there. And they actually reached the southernmost tip of Africa and called it agulhas or needles because they had their compasses and the needles were uh, kind of like going crazy. You know, it's, it's, it, th there might be some, I don't know, some metals underneath, you know, underground. Anyway, um, it's, it's a fascinating story to, to hear, you know, how people have been coming to, to this southernmost tip of Africa for hundreds of years. And it's also a very cool place because you can see where the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean meet. And you can actually see the different colors of the two oceans combining. Yeah, and uh, there's some confusion because a lot of people think that the where the Indian and Atlantic Ocean meets is like the Cape of Good Hope, which yeah. is actually not the case. Right. It's at the southern tip of Africa. Mm -hmm. So you see the southern tip of Africa and where the Indian mm -hmm. meets the Atlantic Ocean all in one uh, right down there. Yeah, and it's beautiful. You know, you can spend hours there if you are really into nature and the scenic views. So there's a lot of people taking pictures there. Um, it does show you... Um, that sign that says this is the southernmost tip of Africa, this is where the Atlantic and uh, Indian Ocean meet. So lots of people taking pictures. There's also uh, a map representing the African continent, and so you can kind of like locate yourself visually where you are located in the world at that point. Yeah, and they also sort of have this line, I don't know how accurate it is, of here's the Indian Ocean, here's yeah. the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that is one day down that coastal line. Now, the reason I said you may want to stay four days instead of three is because if you want to do whale watching and shark diving, you probably can't do those in the same day because yeah. of the weather-dependent conditions, and also you'd have to book with a couple different tour companies. I did see one tour company that books both, but it didn't seem like it didn't have the greatest reviews. Um, and again, they might have to cancel both or one or the other. So you, what you might want to do is come down one day, do, do everything we just said, then maybe come down the next day and do the whale watching mm -hmm. or the next day and do the shark diving or stay in the Hermanus area overnight and then get up in the morning and do one or the other. I don't know if you want to talk about how we got there ourselves. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, why don't I talk about that when we talk about uh, Cape Town because we okay. actually hired a private driver, which wasn't right. too expensive. Yeah. Um, so... So let's go to day two. Day two would actually be the actual peninsula, the Cape of Good Hope Peninsula. Um, down, driving down that area is really pretty for a number of reasons. Right. You could, you're, you're on the coastline. Yeah, so you, ha you have the ocean on one side and then the beautiful green mountains on the other side. Yeah, and then you also, um, if you want to go to see the Simonstown Penguins, that's like the famous place to mm -hmm. see the penguins, you could see that on your drive down. Um, but eventually you'll make your way down and you'll stop at the very tip, which is Cape of Good Hope. Mm -hmm. And this is where some, again, people think that's where the Indian Ocean meets the Atlantic Ocean, or maybe that's where the southern tip of Africa is. Not the case at all. But I will say that the Cape of Good Hope is absolutely gorgeous. There's yeah. this mountain that you climb up and you sort of look out over the ocean. Um, and scenic-wise, it was much prettier than the southern tip of oh, Africa. Yeah. I think so, too. It's just gorgeous. Um, and you could, it, it's what, like, a one hour hike or something like that if you want to reach the lighthouse um i, I well i think we spent a lot more than, than that but yeah yeah um if you want to go all the way lighthouse it depends how, how slow you want to go we were right. going pretty slow and taking a lot mm -hmm. of photos and pictures so right. it definitely took us a while yeah that's true and you definitely want to make sure that you do take pictures it's 
you know, a walk to remember for sure. And also take a sweater because it does get pretty windy. Yeah, and the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Bleep, I think he wrote his final chapter basically on that on that area doing final yeah, reflections. It's a great place to kind of sit and meditate and do some reflections yeah, as well. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a beautiful place to visit. And on the way back, you can stop by Chapman's Peak, which is also a beautiful place to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, know that, again, especially at Cape of Good Hope, there's going to be a ton of wind. It's very, mm-hmm. very windy, just like Cape Town in general is windy. Um, Chapman's Peak is also going to be very windy. But Chapman's Peak maybe is a good place, which is where we saw the sunset. It's yeah. a beautiful place to watch yeah. the sunset. Yeah, and I mean, I think South Africa overall has great sunsets. And stopping by the water and the mountains in the background is just gorgeous it's you know indescribable you have to be there yourself to see it and when you're driving down that way you are very likely to see some baboons as well was that on that was that the yeah that was on that trip but yeah. i think i don't know if that was after the winery i think we're going to talk about that later but there's okay. baboons in that area for sure yeah and the the baboons are i guess are a huge problem in south africa because um they come into the towns and they actually have these basically guards they just sit on the edge of the highways and just watch the baboons in the mountains and try to scare them away. Yeah. And that's their entire job yeah, the entire day. <laughs> really fascinating. All right. So then day three would be actually in Cape Town. And there is, first of all, there's Robin Island to go right. visit. Which um, we'll probably do a separate podcast on that. Yeah. So we'll do a separate podcast on Robin Island. And um, what Robin Island is, is, is the island just outside of Cape Town that you take a ferry to. And that's where Nelson Mandela was held for 18 of the 27 years he was in prison. Yeah. Um, you could do like a whole half day there. Yeah, it's, it's a half day tour, actually. Right. I think from 9 to like 1 o'clock or something like that. So uh, um, do that in the morning. And then in the afternoon, um, there's stuff to see in Cape Town. One, well, there's three areas there, really. And again, this is why you could extend it a fourth day because you might not be able to do this all in one day. One is Tabletop Mountain. Mm-hmm. The other is Lion's Head. And the other is Signal Hill. So those are the three sort of main um, areas to go. And they're all very close to each other. Cape Town's sort of very central. It's easy to get around Cape Town. Um, and all those areas basically are huge mountains that you can go to the top to and have beautiful sights of the city. Tabletop Mountain is the highest one. It's probably the most iconic. You could see right. that mountain from anywhere in the city, and you can either hike up it or you could take a gondola up to right. the top. Now, we unfortunately were not, we were planning on going to the top, but we could not go to the top because it was too, too windy, windy and they shut it down. Right. And apparently that happens quite often. Yeah. So that, that's why, again, having that flexibility helps, which at the, we try to do that towards our, the end of our state, and unfortunately we didn't get to experience that. Yeah, we tried to do it on the last day of our trip um, in the afternoon, and they had just closed it down. So if we had gone in the morning, we would have been able to uh, go on that. Um, but we still got, again, anywhere in the city you can get beautiful views of. Now, we did go up Lion's Head, and Lion's Head is just basically right across the way from Table Mountain. It's a beautiful hike up. Yeah, it's not the easiest. I mean, we're not hikers, but it's definitely at a slope. Um, and it gets really windy there too. Yeah, and it, yeah, very weather specific. So actually, my brother went there a couple of days earlier before we got there, and he said it was fine to go up at that time. But when we were trying to go up, super windy, mm-hmm. uh, could be a little bit dangerous actually trying to go to the top if you're if it's too windy. 
And then the third place is Signal Hill. And Signal Hill is probably the safest, easiest place. You can actually just drive to the top. And you also get, you get beautiful views of Table Mountain. Signal Hill is a fantastic place to watch the sunset. Um, so that's a great place to visit. Any, any three of those is great. I think if you can, though, try to get to Table Mountain because you will get the best views of the city yeah. for sure. I think people can also do paragliding there, right? Just as a side note. On Signal if, Hill. Yeah, yeah, if you're into that stuff. Yeah, it, it looks fun. I don't think they had it going when no, we were there. Cause, no, yeah. it's too windy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are those are what to do kind of scenic-wise in Cape Town. There's also beaches, different various beaches around, okay. um, which are really pretty. Um, what I would also recommend you do is go to the Bo Kai region. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of in the middle of the city. And it's basically these colorful houses that are this neighborhood of just colorful houses. And I had heard about it and I looked at it online and it seemed like okay to go. But like when we went there, I was blown away how beautiful it was. Yeah, it's so colorful. I mean, you see people, tourists obviously taking pictures, but there's a lot of people walking the streets, um, the shops, and it's the Muslim part of the city, right? Um, and it's just beautiful. They have a couple of mosques, religious centers. Um, so it's really worth a drive, if not a walk. Um, there in that area as well and uh, one of the other things to do is to go to the waterfront area as well that's kind of the central hub downtown area of cape town um, really pretty lots of r- nice restaurants uh, good food you're out on the waterfront yeah. so that's good to walk around there do some shopping eat some food. Good food good yeah very good seafood there something else beautiful to see is the what is it called it's called kirsten Bosch national botanical gardens and it's beautiful yeah, so it's t- talk about the beautiful gardens. And so I, I don't think I've ever been to, to a botanical garden like this one. Maybe the one in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. But this was just so beautiful with a mountain, uh, table mountain in the background, um, all kinds of flowers and plants. Um, and it had rained a little bit in the morning, so it was even fresher and the scents uh, were incredible. And so it, this is also a very popular destination in Cape Town for tourists. Uh, so make sure you check it out. It's, it's beautiful. It has so many types of different um, plants. And they also have a museum. Is it a museum? A plant museum or something? Yeah, like that? something like that. Yeah. And also beautiful trees. And that's, the skyline in Cape Town is beautiful, mm-hmm. too, with the clouds and the mountains in the background. So it's great place for photography for getting actually if you want to do professional photos which you can on your iphone nowadays uh really beautiful place for that yeah and how how do i spell that oh um so it's k-i-r-s-t-e-n so like kirsten and then b-o-s-b-o-s-c-h and then national botanical garden okay and then you want to talk about oh wine is huge in cape town there's a lot of Pretty, I mean, South um, Africa is known for their for their wines, but especially Cape Town area. Yeah, there's and then there's a ton of wineries in the area. So there's a bunch you could different ones you can go to. You can do wine tours. Um, we didn't want to do a whole on day of wine tours because you know we live in California and they got a pretty good wine too. But we did go to a winery and it was fantastic. Yeah, that was that one was called Constatia Winery, and that's the oldest winery in South Africa. I think it dates back to the 1680s or something like that. So it's been around for a really, really long time. And just a fun fact about, you know, the importance of this winery is that even European kings had winery from Constantia winery, even Napoleon had their wines. So it's really cool to think that, hey, you know, like 
these European kings were drinking the same wine that I'm drinking right now. So if you want to drink like a king, go to Constatia, C-O-N-S-T-A-T-I-A winery. Um, you know, th- and they paired it with chocolate. We got oh, the chocolate that was, pairing. I don't think I've ever had a wine experience like that one. It was, the chocolate is so delicious and it's fruity and it goes really well with the wines that they're giving you. And it's a beautiful vineyard. You can walk mm-hmm. around there too. Yeah. I flew my drone around there a little bit, had some fun. <laughs> got drunk and started rolling downhill. Interesting. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I we recommend you see in Cape Town. Three days again, if you fourth day with case name stuff gets canceled. How to get around Cape Town? We want to talk about now. Um, I did a lot of research on this too, and you can do Lyft. It's pretty easy, and the Cape Town's pretty or Uber. small. Or oh, sorry, I'm not Lyft Uber um, to get around. Um, you could rent a car. The reason we didn't want to rent a car is because. Uh, we were taking these long drives down these mm-hmm. coastlines, so I didn't quite know where to go or how everything was and whatnot. Also, I heard that park the parking areas are not always the safest, Cape Town. Crime, crime rate is pretty high, mm-hmm. not as high as Johannesburg, but it's pretty high. Um, and then the fact that they drive on the left side. Yes. I mean, for some of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, not I, yeah. the most experienced driving on the other side of the road. But, yeah. that you know, those are some factors to consider. Yeah, so what we ended up doing, considering that we we want a sort of a flexible schedule, we want to drive down these peninsulas, we actually hired a private driver. And um, his name was Sean Casey. And let me give his email because he was great. It's uh, His email is f- number four, capetour at gmail.com. Number four, C-A-P-E-T-O-U-R at gmail.com. And I found him from, I think it was TripAdvisor. He had just a ton of really high star recommended reviews. Um, so I did email him and we did book him cost wise wasn't too bad as you might think for a private driver It was about 250 bucks per day and you know with five people that's not that bad at all to have a private uh, Guide and and when I say driver, I'm actually really misspeaking because he was a guide right because he's telling you giving you valuable information about Cape Town and its history and the places that he took us to he's definitely very knowledgeable extremely knowledgeable tells us about stuff on the way knows exactly where to go he's the one that knew tabletop got closed because mm-hmm. he's apparently on the text chain so so when the texts go out that this is closed or this is open he knows about it right away that i wouldn't know how to figure right. out and even i feel like even if you don't know where to go having a, a tour guide you know they let you know these are the cool places to go check out in fact he took us to some side beaches as well yeah, so, I mean, we don't normally go private guide, but I felt like Cape Town would be great for it, and he, he was a fantastic guide uh, for us. So, you know, if you want to get a guide there, you can just Google different guides. I did look at different ones, but this guy had really, really good views, and he's his own person, so he does not with a company or something, so he's very personalized. Um, and I think that is about it. Just yeah. want to talk about safety real quick. Um, Cape Town, again, is, is known for being a little bit more on the dangerous side, so just be aware uh, with your belongings when you're there. Um, it's a very high unemployment rate, so a lot of people sort of resort to crime there. It's safe, but you just got to be very, you got to be aware. Yeah, like any place. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, there's even parts where you probably don't want to walk around at night. If you're going to stay somewhere, well, I want to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed on the waterfront. I recommend you stay as close it's to the beautiful. waterfront as possible because it's beautiful, and it's also probably the safest part yeah. of the city. We stayed at an awesome Airbnb inside the waterfront, I'll put that link um, on our blog and our YouTube channel. All right, so that is Cape Town for you. I hope you go visit it and you have an amazing time there. Bye-bye, everyone. Have fun.
Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. Please leave a comment in the comment section below. I want to hear your thoughts. What was your favorite part? Have you done similar travels? Please leave a comment in the comment section below so we can see what you guys are up to and where you're traveling to. Thanks so much.